This morning we continue on in our series on healing in Mark 5, beginning in chapter in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew even worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Do not be afraid. Simply believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they all laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. And Jesus gave strict orders not to let anyone know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. When I was in my teenage years, my uncle, who loves to fish for my birthday, sent me a fly fishing rod and reel. And surprised by the gift, I called him to thank him, and he spoke of an instructional video that was to come in the package that I had not found. So I went back, returned to the package, and didn't discover it. So I contacted the company he had ordered the gift from. I talked to a sales clerk in the company who discovered that the the order actually did include the movie, this instructional video on how to fly fish, but it was not sent. So we discussed why this was, and the salesperson said, matter-of-factly, that the video that my uncle had ordered had been discontinued, and so it seemed logical that he would not send it. So I continued to question the sales clerk about other instructional videos that this fly fishing company might have that would suffice for the gift. He seemed to understand a difference in logic and didn't seem that it was fit for me to receive any other video. Confused by the whole matter, 
but pressing ahead, I brought up their 100% customer satisfaction guarantee, to which time the sales clerk transferred me to the customer service department, and I was greeted by a much more friendly, more chipper customer service agent who solved the problem. And the next day, thanks to the miracle of overnight shipping, I had that instructional video. In this morning scripture, we learn this perseverance and this pressing forward. And I would even say this faith and trust from this woman. She has a hemorrhage, a bleed that has been going on for 12 years. And this condition makes her what in their culture would be termed as ritually unclean. The commentaries I studied this week highlighted that this would have her living her days most likely in isolation. When people saw her coming, they would probably have distanced themselves for fear that she might brush up against them, for her touch would have made them ritually unclean as well. So where do we find this woman in the story? Do we find her in isolation, all off on her own, staying separate from society and those around her? No. We find her right in the mix of things, persevering, pressing in and pressing on, She is determined to get her healing, that she pushes through the crowd to get to Jesus. She, remember, is an outcast. She is ritually unclean, and on this Jewish side of the lake, she must stay away, for these are the rules that they live by. But she is determined. She pushes through, not only just to see Jesus, but to receive her healing as well. She is so bold as to reach out and touch Jesus' robe. Scripturally, it was believed that the tassels on the robe had healing ability. She is pushing through tradition, through social norms, through expectations and judgments of others, in faith of what she believes, who Jesus is, and what he will do for her. So how does Jesus respond to this woman, this unclean woman who is reaching out to touch him? Is she like the religious elite of the day, bringing up her illness or status or religious unclean nature? No, Jesus instead calls her daughter, recognizing her out of a term of beloved endearment. He gives her an identity, not as an outcast under religious law, but as a family member. Jesus, like he does with us, draws her into the fold. Daughter, Your faith has made you well, he says. Jesus again highlights and connects healing to the woman's faith. It is her faith that he focuses on. As I studied the scriptures this week, the commentaries highlighted the common problem of reading this story of the bleeding woman in isolation and the importance of reading it in the context of the overall passage we have this morning. This story of the bleeding woman is right in the middle of this story of Jesus going to heal the synagogue leader's daughter. The commentaries highlight what Mark highlights in this account. He has two contrasting figures. On one hand, Jairus, the synagogue leader. On the other hand, the bleeding woman. The bleeding woman is ritually unclean. She is broke, having spent all she owned on physicians for her healing She is powerless and completely vulnerable in this society. Whereas Jairus, on the other hand, is a position of honor, of authority, of religious leadership. He has status and likely power. 
Two totally different situations in our eyes. But Jesus responds similarly to both, highlighting faith in each instance. With the woman, he specifically says, your faith has healed you. A very powerful statement for Jesus to make. Jairus, the synagogue leader, comes to Jesus, begging Jesus to heal his daughter in faith that he will. However, after the intervention with the bleeding woman, the daughter has passed and some people question why they should bother Jesus any longer. Jesus contrasts their lack of faith with his faith and raises the girl from the dead. With healing, Mark ties the two stories together, recognizing both women as ritually unclean, one from bleeding, one from death. Both are referred to as daughter and the commonality of the 12 years in the story. First, with the 12 years of bleeding, and second, with the age of the young girl. Mark has inextricably linked these two stories to highlight Jesus' message to all us. Faith is actually what matters, particularly faith in Jesus. As one of my friends in the healing ministry likes to say, Yes, you believe in Jesus, but do you believe that he will actually do the things that he says he will do? I find that in my life, that is a whole different step. Jesus' response in this story says to us that life is not about social status, not about ritual cleanliness, not about situations of work or even authority and power. Jesus highlights to us this morning that this is all about faith. As scripture says, it is important to please, it is impossible to please God without faith alone because we must first come to God. And all that matters is faith expressing itself through love. Mark, in his quest to reveal to us who Jesus is, highlights not only the authority of Jesus over illness, social status, religious authority, but death as well. And the means Jesus is highlighting for this change, this transformation, this healing, is faith. It is by grace through faith that you have been saved. Faith is the means by which we receive the kingdom. And faith is the focus of today's story. A few other points not to miss in the mix of these intertwined stories this morning. First point is that Jesus seeks relationship in these stories. It's not merely healing that he's about. As some people say, it is important that we seek not only the gift, but the giver as well. Seek the Lord and not the thing. The people in this story are going to Jesus in faith of him doing what he said he would do. When the woman gets her healing, Jesus stops the whole encounter just to engage her in relationship. I sometimes get scared at this point in the story where everyone is going around and everyone's clamoring and this, this, healed, this woman who reaches out to take Jesus' cloak for her healing receives the healing and then Jesus stops everything. And I wonder what he's going to do, how he's going to respond as if he's frustrated that someone has encroached upon him or touched his cloak. He can feel the power going out of him. It's this unusual thing, like as if he's this holy being who can't be touched by someone else. 
But Jesus stops the whole thing and responds to her out of love and affection with this familial title, calling her daughter. He initiates a deep and intimate connection with her, stops to engage her, to greet her, to bless her and give her what she needs for her journey. He stops the whole thing for relationship. The second point that's important to notice that Mark highlights in these contrasting stories is that these healings are immediate. Three times throughout the story, Mark stresses the immediacy of both of these healings and situations. Notice that he is also developing Jesus' sovereignty over illness and death, a foreshadowing of the crucifixion and resurrection to come. God's timing is not always the same, but immediate healing does happen in the scriptures and still today. And like the scriptures, sometimes the healing takes longer. But know from this passage that immediate healing is something that God can and does do. God is sovereign over illness and even death. So what can we take away from the scriptures this morning? Well, two main points that I'd like to highlight. First, faith is the currency of the kingdom. All the things of the world are made low in the kingdom by faith. Faith is the means by which we can know God, be in relationship with him and receive from him. Scripture says that faith comes from hearing the message of Christ. The two main characters in today's passage are responding to faith, to the message that they have heard of Jesus. So I'd like to ask us, how are our lives responding to the message of Jesus? Are we pushing through societal pressures to grab his robe? Are we coming before Jesus and begging him to intervene? How do we respond to this message of Jesus? Do we believe him as sovereign Lord who can change these things? And the second takeaway from this morning's scripture is that faith is a response to God's love for us. In 1 John 4, we read that we love because he first loved us. It's important for us to remember that faith is not something to strive for or push and eke out of ourselves, but it is a desire and a longing that flows from a knowledge of the love that God has for us. But I'd encourage you to dig into this message of Christ's love. Study it. Ask your friends and neighbors about it. Listen to testimonies about it. Scripture proclaims that God's love never fails. The love of God is powerful. It is mighty. We are called to seek it out, to ask about it, to inquire, to pursue this message. Ask God to tell you about how he loves you, how he views you, how he sees you. Faith is not meant to be this burdensome journey, but a delight out of the response to love. This fall, we will be talking about sonship, about identity, about who God says we are. This is what Bible calls as truth. This is what matters, what God says about us, who he declares we are. And I invite you to go back and ask God this and be prepared like This woman, like these characters in the story, even the outcast, even the ritually unclean, be prepared to hear God proclaim to you that you are a beloved child of his and reminded that God welcomes us all as his beloved children. Amen.